The Donut Bag is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business. Protect it with ExpressVPN for three extra months free with a one-year package. Go to the link listed in my Twitter profile. So we last talked on November 22nd. And we talked about a 10-game thing, right? Uh-huh. And we're all wrong. And we were all and we're all wrong. Wait a minute. Well, wait, I mean, wait, I was wait. my, my, we my were numbers were wrong. backwards. We won six, lost four. So I, I thought we went seven said, and three. Did we? Yeah, I think. Oh, I, I think don't know it. what happened in uh, Saturday's game. Uh, Saturday they won one nothing. Um, Saturday though, let's talk about Saturday for a second because Saturday could have gone either way. I mean, that was probably Saturday was one of those games like it could have gone a number of ways because both teams were playing Five. like that consistently type of thing. Six, six and um, six. So goal- Seven and three. Joe's right. Sorry. Yeah. So Joe was the closest out of all of us. Um, although in our defense, Jen, they almost blew it Friday. Okay. Friday. But what happened Friday? Friday against the Caps. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? They I'm, I'm dominated just the first two periods. Dominated. Then the third yes, period, I'm like, who are you? Well, that's kind of like a thing with Pittsburgh. They get a, they get this lead and they kind of get comfortable. And you can't get comfortable against teams that are actually better than you. And okay, sure, we did beat the Capitals, but I still feel they're a better team than us up and down the board. Sue me. I don't care what you think. Not you guys primarily, but I mean the listeners. But um, yeah, um, you can't. You you got to hold on to the lead, and it, you can't get comfortable. You got to just you got to keep like. I mean, you got to just keep. You got to keep playing hard. I don't know. You can't just let let light up let let up. What a what a motley crew of a lineup we had that night. And I mean, I was actually really impressed. I, I think the first time I really witnessed a little bit of chemistry, and it was like lines that you're we're not used to seeing. So I wonder what's going to happen when everyone gets healthy and comes back. Are we going to go back to our old, you know, our old way, or are we going to kind of build on? what's working i mean sullivan seems to struggle with the lineups time and time again he likes he's kind of a creature habit so it's the same thing it's the same thing it it almost happens every year where there's injuries uh the team rallies and plays well and then when everybody's healthy the the team goes to crap for whatever reason it's it's the penguins mo like think about even like the three times they've won the cup in the crosby era They've had injuries galore all three times. So it's like, and I don't ever like to say that injuries are a blessing in disguise, but with Gensel getting hurt, it forced Sullivan to experiment. And it's been a pleasant surprise to Jen's point, seeing players actually gel. And let's talk about Evan Rodriguez actually like completely thriving. That's amazing. Beautiful. Seen, it's amazing. We've seen that in the in the two. We've cup seen runs. it before. You know, the younger kids are the ones that don't get enough looks. Really, sh- like rising to the challenge and showing that they are, you know, as much an NHL caliber player as say the likes of, um, uh, Gensel and Rust. And um, I would at this point be wondering about Rust's security on the top line. Now, if I were the coach, I would be looking more at. Um, it's Evan, right? Rodriguez, yeah. because yes. he is, he is a player that's going to play, p- 
give everything he's got under the right circumstances. So you put him with the likes of Sydney and he knows that he's got that pressure on him to perform. So he's going to get, you're going to get the most out of him. Whereas for instance, Rust, granted, he's been good for us at times. I just don't think he is top line material anymore. Um, I think, I think Rodriguez has taken that spot and Sullivan would be a fool change that sorry brian but you know you, it's always the best man for the job right okay but let's 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 look at this lineup like with everyone healthy let's look at this lineup you have crosby gensel and then let's say evan rodriguez okay that's your first line your second line will be malkin kapanen and let's say danton heinen it's gonna be it's gonna be zucker <sighs> not rust even though rust and malkin have always had chemistry kapanen yeah. can rust yeah, but can that, we, that was the question have, I was going to pose. But can you move one of them onto the other wing because you've right. got exactly. Rust and right. uh, can they play both sides? I don't yeah. know. Exactly. That's um, a problem. So, so the third line could be Carter, Zucker, Rust. That would be a good line, but you want to know something? I really liked how Zucker, um, Gino, and Kapanen played. Um, in the playoffs last year, was it? And a bit through the season. Like, I, do they have some spunk on them? But then again, are we even going to see the same Gino? That's the question. That's the other <laughs> question. Know, like, I mean, like, it, you know, we've heard this before. We've heard this. Gino is hurt. Gino looks great in practice. Then Gino plays. Uh-oh. So that's the other I question. Wanted, I, I want to know what Gino looking good in practice now means. Because let's he wore suits. G- Gino is 35 years old. Right. But, you know, he's not getting any younger. Like we've seen, we, we've seen older players in the league, you know, like his Russian counterpart, Ovechkin, got a Ovechkin. Very in his steps. Yeah. Ovechkin, Ovechkin's chasing Gretzky. Right. So o- Ovechkin's like, Ovechkin has, go ahead. Sorry. Ovechkin has like Ovechkin is, 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 is possessed. He's on a mission to reach uh, an individual. Why can't Malkin find something to kind of inspire him to play? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I was going to get at is the difference between Malkin and Ovechkin. And that's always been the struggle, right? Is, you know, the player, the things that separate players like Crosby and Ovechkin, you know, from, you know, Malkin, for example, I think what really, you know, the difference with Malkin is Malkin is super talented, but he doesn't have what I call the intrinsic motivation. He doesn't always, when he is on, he is the best player in the world, but we haven't seen that best player in the world for four to f- four or five years from Malkin. Okay. But Ovechkin is a freak. Ovechkin is know? an absolute freak. Do you know it, that he you know, can be a freak? He drinks Pepsi and Dr. Pepper during games, and he has a giant chicken parm dinner before a game. He's a freak. Well, that's not working. So let's cut, like, let's get some leaner meat in there, some good greens, maybe switch to some, I don't know, bio steel or some Gatorade. Well, that's, uh, that's Ovechkin that does that. Sugar yeah, free. So, but, but it's not working for Gino. Guys, I've been a Pens fan since 2015, and I've seen Gino play in like 15 good games. Well, and that's the thing. Look at you like that. No, no, Jen, you're not wrong. 
Jack, you're I, not wrong. No, we no, yeah, I, I agree. Um, we haven't oh. seen this. We haven't seen the Gino that I don't even know if I want to call it. We we haven't seen the Gino that fans who have followed him since his earlier years. No, we have not seen him in quite some time. I mean, like even during those two cup runs, like the latter cup runs, there were glimpses. But I mean, we really haven't. So pre pre Sullivan, okay, Gino used to have these, especially like when Crosby was out. Gino would just go like full throttle, like he would just like he so was on a tear. It, it it was just like it was stupid. He was the best player in the world by a long shot. And like, then when Crosby comes back, he 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 sucked. Like, but that's kind of like goes both ways. That goes both ways with them for some reason. But Crosby, though, it's weird because you look at Crosby's history, like even with Malkin, like he'll still have those levels, right? But Malkin, his highest points in his career were always when Crosby was hurt. Like even back in the 2010-2011 season, there was that month span, you know, when Malkin was healthy before Malkin got hurt and Crosby had his, you know, first known concussion, as I'm going to call it. You know, Malkin was tearing the world on fire. And then he got hurt in, what was it, January 2011? And, you know, and then even 2012, when he, you know, that next season, he came back and he tore it up. And it's and it's always just like whenever Crosby is out. Those so, 15 games that I was speaking about were actually when Sydney was out. Gino really rises to the challenge, the occasion. And what's crazy is, and I don't mean to say this against him personally, but he says, you know, he always talks about how much he loves Sid, but it's always been mind boggling to me. And Joe, please feel free to interject on this. It's always been mind boggling to me how you can love someone so much, but yet you can't be your best when that person's around. Am is I that saying that the right way? Thing? Yeah, no, I, you know what? It's a psychological thing. Like, does he want to, A, does he not want to upshine Sydney? No, he's Russian. The Russian hockey Russians have a different mindset. Or two, does he want not want to look like oh he tries his best and he he's not the player people thought he was up against. I, I I don't think it's a it's a conscious thing. I don't think he says well I better not play as well today because Sid's on you know Sid's no, on no, the no, ice no. too. I I, I, I think it is a subconscious. I think yeah. it is a subconscious thing. And now that I, I believe it is, I believe it is as well. Like, and you know. Joe, I, I you can probably elaborate on this a little bit more, but I feel like in some ways it could be comparable to the Lemieux Yager dynamic. In some ways, it's that was a different thing because Yager was not going a, to upstage the other player. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean Yager was insane. But, 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 Yager, but, but Yager was a right wing, and, and Mario would play with. Uh, no wait, but but you have you have a great point there. Mary would play when, when, when earlier in Yager's career. Mario would play with Yager, and that was like what like Mario Yager and Kevin Stevens was one of the greatest lines in NHL history. But Correct. but when Mario retired in '97 and it became Yager's team, then you know Yager was just fine carrying the entire team on his back because those were some bad teams in the late '90s, and he carried them. Okay, but then Mario came out of retirement. And Yager's like, I'm out of here. 
He's like, well, I'm not and, that, even- and that's what I was getting at was like, even when Lemieux was diagnosed with Hodgkins, right? It was like, whenever Yager had the opportunity to put the team on his back, he thrived. And, that we try- the, and that's the same thing with Malkin. Ahead, and that's try- what scares me. Can we try Sydney and Gino on a line together? Oh my God. I've been saying this for years. Why can we not have them on the same line? It used to happen. It used to happen. You could have a center move to wing. I mean, I would put Gino on Sydney's wing, obviously, yes. but I mean, let's try that because then Gino can shine while making himself look good and Sydney looking good. And Sydney always makes his wingers look good. Like Sullivan, if you're listening, this is something we need to try. If we want to bring the best out of Gino, if we really want to let Gino shine without any of his subconscious blockages, we need to try this line together. And right now we do have, we can play with it. Like this team is incl- is inclining and we've got the solid resources. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Jeff Carter as a second line center. I mean, he stands no. up. He was one of our best face-off men. You know, he's got the big body. He plays hard. Um, and we can decorate the wingers however we need to be. And, I mean, even our bottom six aren't even that bad. When you look at Heinen – was it Heinen? I don't have my notes in front of me. Um, Heinen, who was he playing with? Uh, right a- now it's Carter, Zucker, and Heinen maybe. No, the third line. Third line is um, Bluger, Zach Aston, Reese, and McGinn. Ew. And then the fourth line is so you, Boyle, so you maybe keep and that. Okay, so here, here's here's the thing. You, there's there's a way to make this work, Jen. I mean, Crosby and Malkin did it earlier, early in their careers when they were playing under Michelle Tarian. Okay, yeah. Michelle Tarian loved to throw them together if a spark was needed. Exactly, like very briefly, like when they're down the or or something like that. Correct. It's, when the spark was needed, they would put, he would put them together. Typically, Malkin on Crosby's wing because Crosby was the you know better faceoff mm-hmm. guy, and you know Malk you want Malkin's physical presence on the wing, and it worked. I'm it, was, it was not a long term viable option, but anytime they were together, it worked. I'm talking I all the time. I want this line. I yeah. want this line. Which way does Gino and I'm shoot? I'm okay with that. Line? What, is, what way does he shoot? I'm not sure. He's left. He's left. Someone I believe. I'm going to play with these lineups tonight, and I want. I'm going to put Gino on the wing. I'm going to put Gino on the first line and see what I can do with this. I mean, Gino, wanna... Gino hasn't been in the on the wing since probably 2009, maybe 2000. Two, used to do it once in a while as well. He did not experiment it with it as much as Michelle Tarian, but. Um, well, you Biles think you take your do it. player and you, and you put them line one and two, but hell no, put them together. If this is what could bring breathe life into Gino's game, then I'm all in. I think and it's I'm time. Committed. I think it's it is, time to have I don't, them. I don't think, I don't think Malkin can handle being a center anymore. I'm just going to say it. I don't think Malkin can handle being a hockey player anymore. I mean, he's, he's not mentally hear me out, hear me out because I'm not saying he's, he's, I know this is hard, guys. You gotta remember, I'm a new. No, 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 no. This is, Jen, Jen, this is not hard. Just go. This is not okay. hard. I'm no. just, I'm just laughing. <laughs> I know I'm gonna lose so many people are gonna be yelling at me. Okay, so Gino is not living up to his potential. Okay, we see bursts of it. 
So in order to breathe life into his game, we need to take the pressure off him. Bringing him up to play with Sydney, we they've already got this natural chemistry, okay? They are friends, right? They talk to each other daily, they hang out, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Now, if you want to take that mental pressure off Gino, you bring him up to play with his buddy. That's when the magic happens. That's when the pressure comes off and the boys have some fun. Why do you think the Sedin brothers were lying together? Because they had that natural, you know, organic chemistry. And I think at the bottom of my heart, I think if we give Gino that chance to play up with Sydney and not just on the power play unit, we're going to see Gino be resurrected. He's going to come up from the ashes and he's going to play like nothing he's ever played before. And this can't happen in just one or two games. We need to give it, you know, a good, I don't know, five to 10 games for it to work. But I bet your, I will bet your sweet bottoms as much money as I have in my account or as many hockey cards as I have. I don't know that this will work. And it's something that Sullivan needs to consider because we can, we do have the space to play with it right now. Like I said, we've got Carter and he'd be a solid set, set, uh, center line, second center, second line. And, and, and here's the other thing too. I believe that Carter has earned his spot in the, to stay in the top six. He has been our best hockey player. <laughs> and you are in so much pain right now. It hurts. He has been so good for Pittsburgh. It's unbelievable. He's not quite that gel guy like, like you know, Marc-Andre Fleury was or Matt Cullen was. I mean, he's not completely that. He's a little intimidating, um, <clears throat> I'll be honest. But he works his butt off, and he plays the game well. And, I mean, I will never be a Jeff Carter fan because, you know, the shark in me won't allow it. But I am a huge fan. Pittsburgh Penguins Jeff Carter fan. He has How been. How do you think the- old Penguins fans feel because we still see him in a flyer sweater? <sighs> I forgot I about. I mean, I don't. I don't think of I him. Know, I, will I don't not, think of I him as not, an enemy. I okay, will never forget that. Let's talk about Hextall. I will never forget that. Okay, him. Him. I still think is the enemy. I still. I still think he's a. He's a sleeper agent. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know who can really use a hex stall right now? The Flyers. <laughs> they are a okay. Mess. So I saw the Flyers here a couple weeks ago. It was right right after our last uh, discussion, actually. And I mentally prepared. I was. I'm sitting there, and you know, Carter Hart has been hyped up for years, right? You know, he's, he's young, though, right? Juniors. He's young. Is he not young? He's, I, I want to say he's like 22 or 23 because he came yeah, up young. in the league. Because I remember seeing him live in one of his first NHL games, and this was like December 2018, okay? Yeah, he's 23. Um, okay. I, I was going to say 22 or 23. And I didn't think all the goals were his fault, but I'm just <laughs> sitting there, and I'm like, this team does not play in front of him. The Flyer, like, you know, the Flyers made all these big acquisitions this offseason. That is a team who does not want to be there. <laughs> they straight, they, I have, I didn't, mean, the, didn't the cop dog, like, take a dump on their. <laughs> yes, a dog pooped on the logo. <laughs> uh huh. That says everything. But that is seriously, that you know. Awesome. There, there are some teams in the league right now who are struggling. You know, but the Flyers are a team who just do not like. 
I don't get it. Like you went out and you traded a glue guy like Jakob Voracek for Cam Atkinson, okay? Which was really funny because they used to be teammates. And Atkins, like, I went to the game, Andrew couldn't make it. And he's like, how did Atkinson look? I'm like, dude, I didn't know he was there. And then I saw the 89 jersey and I'm like, there he is. I don't. I, I don't I don't get the Flyers and I don't get the Islanders. They have one of the worst records in the league. I can speak what on ha- that. They have not been what happened healthy. to the Islanders? They have not been healthy. They've had so many players out okay. injured. I think at one they point they've been playing, basically they've been playing with an AHL team. I don't think that we can really talk about the Islanders or give them any um, criticism <laughs> until after the uh, Olympic break or whatever it is. Um, I think they'll come back. Yeah, I was going to say, the the, the Islanders are a very resilient team, so I wouldn't buy too much into their record right now. They're a a team who's going to play all 82 games, and they're not going to give up. So I would not – I'm with Jen. I would never – as long as Barry Trotz is the coach of the Islanders, I am not writing them off. You know what? We're only a quarter of the way into the season. We still have 75% of this season left. So you're right. Hey, the Flyers or the Islanders can make a run, and they could get, they could. Uh... No, the Flyers are the Flyers. The Flyers, Flyers the Flyers. They're, toast. they're done. They, well, they won't they, even be able to regain themselves. They have Mike Yeo as their interim coach. You really they're, think they're something's screwed. going to happen with them? The answer is no. No, the Islanders. No, they'll come back. Barry Trotz is one of the <clears throat> excuse me, one of the best in the business, and they've they've got a good team. Everyone's counting them out. You know, don't sleep on a team that's currently resting because think about it. When you have uh, an abundant, uh, like an excessive amount of rest on your body and your me- mental game, and then you come back, you're coming out and you're shooting hard. Okay. And I mean, that's a weak metaphor and it's kind of fitting at the same time, but I still see the Islanders making a push for the playoffs. Um. Yeah. Yeah. We're still, we're still very young into the season. We're still, we still got three quarters left. So yeah, I could, I could, I could see that anything could happen. Think about it. The Penguins are usually in a position. Historically speaking, the Penguins are in a bubble type position this time of year, right? There are some here. Well, I don't know why my light's not staying on. Sorry, guys. Being a little butt. But what I was going to say is like, I just think about, you know, especially 09 and 16 going in to you know the holidays how much the penguins were struggling and then even other years you know the penguins don't really define themselves we see some teams define themselves a quarter of the way through the season the penguins have never been one of those teams so what i'm going to call Go ahead. The inconsistency, we don't have to worry about that right now because they've had that cold streak. They've had that hot streak. I would argue right now they're still on a kind of hot streak, right? Like seven to three in the last 10 games. But I still say, talk to me after the all-star break. That's when I'll I th- tell you exactly how this team is. I, th- I think the best team, the team that's going to have the most success, sees the season as a marathon, not a sprint. So it's not so much about, you know, gaining, okay, I'm going to use the Maple Leafs as an example of this because they seem to give more during regular season than they do in the, in the postseason. Um, And that's a problem that they have when they reach the postseason, they don't have 
that, um, uh, what's so endurance, they don't have the legs left because they blew it all out in the regular season. The penguins are smart in this regard that they build their wins slowly, right? You, you, you know what I'm saying? They take it slowly. You're not, I mean, it's, it's, the Penguins are actually a really bad example because we've been suffering with so many injuries, but on the same token, we're not blowing out all our steam early in the, in regular season. We kind of come out swinging after the all-star break slash Olympic break. And then that's when you start to see us build. And that's when you start to see them rise to the top of the Eastern conference or the Metro division or whatever. Right. They're smart in that regard. Whereas the Leafs on the other hand, they're like balls to the wall. Let's go. We're winning. Oh, we're in first in the league. And then you're swept in the first round or close to that. You know what I mean? The Penguins are a smart team in that regard. Um, and then there's the anomaly, like the Capitals. For some reason, they're just good all the time. Well, this is why a certain development that's happened since the last time we talked is that has been, I think, very important is Casey DeSmith is actually okay. And if he is a viable backup, then you don't have to burn out Tristan Jerry because that they basically not, not were. sold on either goalie. I, I mean, J Jari's been great. Don't get me wrong, but the goals he lets in are questionable. Casey had that one big win, which I was, I cried after I was so happy. You guys, I was so happy for him that day, but I'm still not sold on either goalie. I would say, I would say he actually had two big ones. Not to interrupt you here. I mean, Seattle I don't is know. not a great team. The Anaheim win for me was a bigger win. Oh, I missed win that game. I didn't see that game. Because Anaheim is a solid young team that, you know, has been kind of holding back for a number of years and they finally got all their young guys and they're finally, you know, starting to come together. And I mean, that is a strong young team. I don't think they're a contender, but they play a come full on. 60 minutes. So for, you know, to Smith, to they're play the way he Huh? Anaheim's eighth overall. That's what, yeah, they're a good team. Yeah, they're good. And that what was even they're more impressive about team. that, uh, that uh, about that win over Anaheim is it was uh, for the Penguins. It was a second game of a back-to-back. Back-to-back. I didn't yeah, watch and it. Then, I, and, then I, for I was, An and then for Anaheim, it was the first of a back-to-back. -back. They've been on this huge um, East Coast swing because I watched them play Columbus on, I want to say Thursday. They beat them in a shootout. Now, Gibson did get hurt. Hometown boy John Gibson did get hurt. Saturday in the second period, they didn't say it was any, it doesn't sound like it's anything severe though, but the bottom line is, you know, Anaheim's got that mix of youngsters and veterans that every team wants. And I mean, they've got a ton of young talent that's, you know, come out. So for me, the DeSmith, you know, DeSmith's performance on Saturday was super impressive. And this he is why they want his post-game presser. This is why they won because they wore these throwback '90s jerseys. That's why they won on Saturday. These things Dude. are gorgeous. Oh, I they want that. Oh my god! Remember when they brought out the the white version of that? And I'm like, I I I can't have that because me and white and red wine, no no bueno. So <laughs> it looked like, I was like I it looked like you were black. bleeding or something. Yeah. <laughs> right? well, 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 I See, remember when they announced the reverse retros. I'm like, why are you guys? I'm like, why are you doing the whites? I hate the, the whites. I hate the, the blacks. Whites. But give me, I'm getting, I'm getting one. I'm getting one of those black ones. I think that's none gorgeous. of my jerseys are white. And well, except for I have a Crosby, uh, uh, all-star Montreal, 
all-star game jersey it's it's white it's stayed in it's in plastic it's never come out of plastic um but white is not a good color because you know like i mean especially in pittsburgh you know you could piss off a road fan and they could throw a beer on you and yeah. i'm just kind of that's how it, that's happened to me a couple times where i've worn like i have a few white jerseys and i had one we don't know if it was on accident or or on purpose but somebody behind me like threw their i don't know if he was like that drunk and his beard just, i wasn't actually paying attention like he he wasn't even be like mean to me or anything but then i have beer all over my jersey and it was like a brand new jersey on top of it and i'm like oh it was like literally jersey? the first yeah, and I you figure I have probably 30 jerseys in my collection. Now most of them are, the vast majority are not white. Um two of the ones that are white are both my Chris Kunitz ones, of course. That's just the way it works. <laughs> uh, just the way it works. Um but yeah, it was like I've had beer thrown on me a couple times that I and yeah, the one time was in a white jersey and I'm like first off, what did I do to you? I didn't say anything. I mean, he apologized profusely, and I really wanted to say, like, go buy me a beer then. Like, I want a beer. Go buy me a jersey yeah. then. What are you talking about? That, you better, that thing better wash out. Oh, no, it's it did wash just, out. It did wash out. But it's it's more than that. Like, for women, like, if you wear makeup, I mean, even, like, I very rarely wear the face makeup because, you know, it's whatever. But the odd time I do, and it, the odd time that I do wear face makeup and I wear white jersey, I go like this, and then I go like this. And it's toast. The oils in that Correct. makeup does not come out of jerseys. So yep. when I saw that white penguin, because it's Pittsburgh, that's so beautiful. Literally, aside from that that logo on your beautiful head right there, Joe, other jersey that I appreciate in Pittsburgh, that Pittsburgh across diagonally, it, like it turns all my cranks. And I'm so happy we brought out the black. And who's buying me one for Christmas? People. Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I should, I should get, I should get you that for it, it, the, the podcast appearance fee for, for, but, but that's, gosh, that's, that's, it's not a cheap gift. But anyway, um, people they hate. make them in China though for like 40 bucks. I mean, I know you would never do that, would you? Born, born I, trade 20.0. Uh, I think that's where born trades at right now. I have... I've never in my life bought a ripoff jersey. I'm just going to say it, but I have bought a lot of ripoff clothing. You know, like um, non. I, what's that? What's that clothing company? Uh, something 412 in Pittsburgh. Oh, Shop 412? Nobody. Yeah, like nobody. They're, they're, there's a ban on Shop 412. Like, isn't licensed, but I, I have so much of their stuff because, you know, I I'm obsessed with Pittsburgh, guys. I, when, when, when I, anytime anybody brings up, Hey, bring back this logo, people get so mad. Like, we never win anything with that. Shut up. It's a gorgeous thing. It's a the Robo yes, penguin. It's, yeah. Robo penguin. People get mad when you say about? bring back. Well, the I, I, I call, I call it the pigeon. Um, uh, yes, it does look like a constipated pigeon, but I, still. Yeah. I, I call it the pigeon and let's oh, face it's it. Just, it's when the, of a penguin and a triangle. It's like. Let's what? face it. When the Penguins wore the Pigeon logo, they were going through some tumultuous times with Lemieux being in retirement and coming Yager back. Wear that and then Yager wore it. That's y like Yager honestly, like, when I see, when wrong. I see the, when I see the Pigeon, I think of Yager. This is also a gorgeous I mean, jersey. One of the 
one of the most infamous like isn't he still playing somewhere in, he's playing the in the planet? czech republic yeah he like, owns the team on. or something like that didn't he hey. just yeah. turn 77 last week like 50, you gotta but give, yeah same difference i mean gordy howe played till he was what 51 52 yager still playing pro hockey is a huge testament the man is a machine and if he was able to come back to pittsburgh and play one game and retire he'd still score a hat trick i i mean wearing that robo jersey let's ha- let's make it happen Hextall. i wish i wish that they would allow like specialists i will i wish they would allow like like just 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 yager on a power play would be amazing just That's let him play the power play for. yeah yeah but Did it just get hot here <laughs> uh, yeah how cool would that be <laughs> oh <laughs> man oh. it's got hot in here um but when he when Yager was um, supposed to come back, I think in like 2012, something like that. Yeah, to that and summer instead, of 2011, and I don't like talking about it. Yeah, and instead he went to the Flyers. That broke my heart. What is that I, like a comment here? Max Talbot went to the Flyers. Yager that was the, the Flyers. Same, that, yeah, that was the same year. The Flyers? He just- well, Talbot, I understand because, you know, hey, money's money, and he got good money. But Yager, my goodness, that just broke my heart because like, I was so was excited. Crazy to see was shirt off your. I went to shirt off your back night that year. It was an afternoon game. I think it was like Easter weekend, and um, the Pens won four to two. But the only two goals scored by the Flyers were from Talbot and Yager. That's see, that's, and that's I, I don't like that. I hurt. And I remember sitting there watching that game too, knowing that the pen, I don't, I can't remember if it was cemented that the pens were playing the flyers in the playoffs that year, but it was, it was at least like a very likely conclusion. And I remember sitting there watching this game. I'm like, there's no way the pens are beating them in the playoffs. Like, even though they beat them that game and people thought I was crazy. I'm like, no, there's just something. I'm like, the flyers are holding something back. I'm offended. I can never be mad at Max Talbot. I mean, he won us the cup in 2009. I mean, I, I a little I, bit. I, he can, okay. Little, <laughs> if you're listening, you know what? I'm going to shut up now. Okay. Um, Moving on. Um, they're, um, they were talking about having uh, Rick Tockett be the, the coach of the Flyers, and that would be weird. It would be no. very weird considering his history. Right. Flyers legend, then Penguins legend, then Penguins assistant coach legend, then now maybe Flyers coach. Well, it would be and here would weird. be my question too. Do you think Tockett would give up his cushy TV job? Yes. A coach is a coach. Yes. And this is the coach and me speaking. And would I go coach the Philadelphia Flyers? Hell yeah. As a double agent. <laughs> let's go but here's the problem talk is a double agent for both um you know what talk it has this like has this kind of like we spoke about loyalty with Pitt University of Pitt and their success kudos to them on that and that how you both have this like legiency or this loyalty towards your uh they have my, mo- that's, they have my money that's Alma why Mata. yeah um, I'm, I'm alma mater and they have my money Okay, well that's that's it too. But I think talk it is all Pittsburgh, and I mean cushy TV job with like on 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 ESPN or TNT. He's on TNT, and 
I was watching him. The, I think it was actually before Penn's Oilers. It was uh, him, Bizanet, um, Anton Carter. I and saw that they, they interviewed Sid, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think Biz is, Biz uh, Bizanet was like. Sid, please tell him we we actually play together, right? <laughs> so that oh, was, that was so funny. That was funny, uh, but th- hilarious. The thing, <laughs> but the whole thing with uh, you know, would you take a cushy TV job or go back to coaching? That's, coaching, uh, yeah. But I mean, talk is fifty seven. Do, so? do you know, he doesn't have to. But the thing is, there's the travel. There's a lot less back. stress with a cushy TV job. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. But nobody takes analysts seriously. I'm sorry, but my goal has been to coach in the NHL since I like cracked double digits. So when I was 11, and there is nothing better in my life. Like I mean, I love doing the podcast and talking about hockey with you guys, but there is nothing more self satisfying in my life than to coach an NHL team to the Stanley cup final as a head coach. If you've ever been an I assistant don't. coach or bird's eye in the sky, up in the gondola watching down. Cause that's where talk it was before he was moved down in Pittsburgh to assistant coach. You want to get there. And if all the coaches I've spoken to in the past, they will keep doing this until they cannot stand anymore. I'm telling you, if I'm wrong, then the NHL needs to come and talk to me because I have that passion to coach. Whereas you're bringing in people that just want to make money. Whereas I just want well, to win. And, and here's the thing. I want to ask you this, Jen, because we've seen the NHL, you know, we've seen two fired coaches in the past week or so, and both <laughs> have tapped into what I like to call the coaching carousel. It's the same people all the time. With, with, the, with the coaching carousel. So oh, the old boys club, the old boys yeah. club. It's the same with people Bo- all with, the time that get that they get hired with Bo- with Boudreaux and Yo, right? So here's Boudreaux is not a bad coach, and he's done well in, in Vancouver thus far. He has. He's not a bad coach, but again, it's the whole like hey ho, he ho, uh, whatever. He's not the coach. Okay. But, but here's my question. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. You almost have to wonder, do you wonder if Tockett is maybe burned out in a sense? No, I'm not saying he, I'm not saying he doesn't want to go back to coaching, but do you think, because I've heard coaches in other sports. Well, he didn't find any success in Arizona, which can be a little soul sucking. True. And that's, and that's what I'm saying is that maybe he needs the year break. Or ask Before him and call bring up some fresh blood. Let's get some women in these positions. Yes, yeah. we, can oh, you. Yes, we can be a little emotional, one of those but we know one of-, one of those. Like, you know what? Any NHL team that I was brought on, I would, I, except for the Kings. I mean, I can't do it. <laughs> I just can't. Well, I just and, can't. Well, and, 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 and hopefully it happens and hopefully soon. It happens soon. I've been waiting like myself. 30 years. 30 years. I mean, look at Cami Granado, okay? Cami Granado is one of the most prominent uh, hockey players all time. Players all time, uh, men or women, okay? She is the first woman to break into a front office. And think about how long she's been in the game. And think about how. But I've never heard of her. So she was on the 98 U.S. women's team, and she's been a coach for a number of years since. 
She also happens to be the coach of, or I'm sorry, the, the wife of uh, Ray Ferraro, which I'd even know for a number of years because I always knew her by herself. Um, Who's that? Uh, Ray Ferraro, the analyst for ESPN, and he played in the league oh, for a number of years. Talking about everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> no. No. But, it, no, but it's it's just crazy to me how many prominent <laughs> how many women, prominent. Uh, women players there have been who've transitioned yeah. into it's coaching a, who it, haven't got a chance. And that's what, and I'm saying that in defense of you. We need new The blood. problem that most men have with women knowing more about hockey than them is they first, they can't handle it. And then you bring in a woman that's ever actually technically played organized hockey and they tell you what to do. They can't handle it. There's very few that can. And um, this old boys club that we're dealing with will never be broken until they give a chance to someone that nobody would expect and would have actual success. So you don't have to look necessarily. Okay, we're looking at, and this is no disrespect to any of the women hockey players out there because I think you're phenomenal, but it doesn't necessarily have to be an ex-player. You need to have someone who can be, you know, unbiased, who knows the game, who's willing to do whatever it takes to win, and knows how to bring out the best in their players. Something I think women... 10 out of 10 will always do better than men. And I don't mean this in a sexual manner. I will blow up to 500 pounds and still do a damn good job getting the best out of my players because it takes, it takes will where women are never going to be given that chance because we're deemed as distractions. We're deemed as, you know, well, if she's attractive, you know, is it going to cause complications for the players? Well, not if we're not there. Like, personally, me, I think hockey players are disgusting. A, they smell horrible. If you ever yeah. walk down a tunnel with yeah. hockey players, like, you you do not think of them romantically at all. You think, nope. like, oh, like, just, ew. But that, if you that's can actually find... all male athletes, for the record. Maybe, but I've only ever dealt with hockey players. So uh, I, I, my I've point dealt is, with, I've dealt with football, baseball, basketball, it, all of them. You're right. I think hockey players might be the worst, though. I mean, it's no, also, I want to post this really quick. If baseball can do it, if baseball can have women coaches, if basketball can have women coaches, if football can have women coaches, and let's face it, in football, none of those women actually played football. Okay? Why can't it ding, happen ding, in ding. hockey? Exactly. Exactly. We need. It's 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 a barrier that needs to be broken. broken And we'll see. We'll see. see. I I think. I think it's also a respect thing. And you know, certain players are just sexist and said, "What do you know? You're a girl," which is just terrible. Or than you, baby. Yeah. I'm sorry. Let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope it gets better. One woman breakthrough, and I mean, like, look at uh, what was that goalie's name that played for an exhibition game in Tampa Bay? Miriam, oh, um, man, and Riom. Yeah, Riom. okay, so got to play a game, and she's the only female that's played in an NHL exhibition game in what 20 years. And she, because yeah, even, even, she even Sabato's never did. It's never that, like, the respect on that has okay. So, Okay, let me double back here. Women don't belong in the NHL on the ice. They don't. It's two different species when you have men against women. But Correct. behind the bench Correct. or in front office positions, 
You need women in there because our emotions, our sense of sensitivity, our compassion is what gets through to these players that can't get through to themselves. Where a man can't do that because a man is going to be like, fuck up, rub some dirt in it, suck it up. Where yeah. a woman is going to have the patience. Go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to correct myself on something really quick about Cami Granado. She's the first woman scout. She's a scout. She's yeah. not the first um, one because Kendall Coyne Schofield works for the Black. Yeah, but we had a woman scout coach in Arizona. And we've had a Haley Wickham Heimer. We've had numerous women in staged roles in the NHL. Okay. And that's what and Kendall Coyne that. Schofield says, whereas Granados is she's an actual scout. It's a, it's like, a, it's oh, a publicity scout, stunt. A it's a publicity stunt because are these women being taken seriously? No. Are we hearing about them again? No. That, that skater coach in Arizona, I forget her name. She was the very first woman ever put into a coaching position in the NHL and she lasted a year. Why? Why it was a publicity stunt. It's like the Toronto Maple Leafs. They had this diversity hiring program where they hired two colored people, which I think is great. But are we not hiring for publicity? Or are we hiring the best person for the job? I didn't even get an interview, guys. And I've worked 22 years in the industry, and I thought at least that would give me an interview. And I'm not at all being biased at this at all. But it's come to the point where women are not being taken seriously. And everything is becoming this publicity stunt. It's not authentic. And until the NHL decides, you know what, we're going to find the best person for the job, they're going to continue to struggle in sales and growing the game and everything. The NHL is the fourth sport out of four in America. And why is that? Because they fail to grow. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, there is that, there is that prevailing thing of that the old school thinking. And that's what we got here. We got old school thinking in the way the game is played. We got old school thinking in, in who gets high. And it's going to take somebody taking somebody taking until until we get change. And hopefully that happens. Hopefully, I don't know. I don't know. It will. That's why I'm here. But can we can we shift? Because it got a little intense here, and um, we did have we did have a little. Uh, kind of side bet going with the last 10 games but how about we make some predictions for the next eight games the, the last eight games. games yeah so we've got montreal buffalo at home new jersey on the road new jersey at home philly at home then we're on a boston toronto ottawa away i'm gonna say five and three i'm gonna say six and yeah two. screw the ot let's just pick wins and losses because yeah. the ot is still a loss. yeah i'm gonna say six five and two and three Five and three. Five and three. No, six and, and I two. Say, I say that because they've always had issues historically with New Jersey. Lose, lose. That's true. When, so, I mean, so, even, and even, I can see them losing to Montreal or Buffalo, not because they're not the better team, but there's this thing of playing, playing down to their opponents. Look what happened when they played Montreal and Jake Allen just stole the game couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm with Ash. I, I don't know where to go. I'm stuck between. I'm just going to go five and three, too. Because I really want Joe to have this victory if we if we lose. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Boston, Boston's a really weird team. Like, they're still Boston, but there's not that same. And then watch Boston's Ottawa beat definitely us. Missing, 
Boston's definitely missing Krejci. They're doing all right. No, they're doing all right, but they're definitely, you can tell that they've been losing players. Hey, how about the Red Wings? Red Wings don't suck. It's not terribly surprising. Iserman's been building that team for two years. I mean, 13 wins, 15 losses. They have a goalie. Can, 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 comparatively speaking, for the last for the last couple years, Detroit is doing well for themselves. I see Detroit doing like growing over the next two seasons with under like obviously Eiserman's thumb, um, but I don't expect them to make the playoffs this year. I still don't think Blashell's that, that good of a coach. Say that. Again. Uh, Jeff Blashell. Uh, Jeff Blashell. I don't think he's that good of a coach. All right. I well, don't have any information well. about him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. well, the next eight games will probably take us into past Christmas. So hope you guys have a great Christmas and a great New Year. And yeah, yeah. Happy Hanukkah. I think Happy Hanukkah's holidays. passed. <laughs> yeah, Hanukkah passed. Oh, I hope Merry I hope anybody that celebrates had a happy Happy Hanukkah. But, Be safe over yes. the holidays. Be safe. Have yeah. Have have a good. But we gotta come back after the holidays, and we have to do like an Olympic recap. If there are, are Olympics, we, are we going? Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. We'll see. Um, I think January tenth is a, is the deadline for that. Yeah. We'll see. And then and then if they if they don't go, you have what two weeks to do nothing. What would they do then? Rearrange the schedule or what? All-Star game? Well, they're already doing the All-Star game. Like an international hockey. You know what? We should just steal all the countries and say, you know what? Screw the Olympics. We're just going to have... Seriously, uh, let's have our own Olympics. Let's just bring... Let's have the hockey. China, you can even bring a team too. I mean, you're going to last about 20 minutes, but... Yeah, sure. Let's go. All right. All right, guys. Thank you. See ya. Thank you. Bye. Bye.